Repeat the topic with me, please. Say, how do you build a future? This is a review of the entire year sermons. Now, you may say, I have never had one of those in my life. Well, if I were you, I would keep today's sermon notes. This ser- this, these notes will take you through the end of the year. And if that bothers you, that's, please don't be bothered. Um, I do pray about this, and I do change if I feel like I need to. Uh, and, oh, and by the way, I am not dressed casual because I forgot. <laughs> so I didn't feel like changing, so work with me today. It is a casual day, but I want to um, basically take you on a journey, and I want to answer the question that we've been asking all year, but I thought I wanted to ask it in review and see if you remember what we said. One of the problems with learning is we tend to forget everything we learn if it's not repeated to us. Repetition is a teaching technique that helps people remember. Now, I was praying about today's sermon, and I'm getting ready to launch a brand new sermon series next week called Hard to Move. Can you say that with me, please? Come on. Hard to move. It is my conviction that a lot of people that are trying to build a future can't because they're not flexible. And so next week, I'm going to talk about how to live your life in such a way that you have what I call a flexible attitude. And so we'll talk about building with a flexible attitude next week. And my argument will be that there are some people that are not flexible. They are hard to move. And to supplement this teaching, I'm going to do something I have enjoyed doing, uh, these digital Bible studies. How many of you have tuned into that, the digital Bible studies? They're amazing. You know a thousand folks have tuned into that? Isn't that amazing? Come on, say amen. amen. How can you hear a number like that and just get quiet? <laughs> you need to be yelling and saying amen. That's amazing. What an amazing thing. A thousand folks. Now, you know, that many people wouldn't come out to the midweek Bible study, but they have been coming to the digital Bible study. So what we're going to do, this Wednesday night, I'm going to take, and, and for the next four Wednesday nights, starting next week, this week, I'm going to uh, post, it's going to be posted on Wednesday. And you can click into it. Uh, a, a supplemental teaching to today. And I'm going to say some things that I probably won't say here, like I'm going to say it there, because it's digital and you got to click in to see it. And it's going to be, it'll be live on Wednesday. And the teaching, now catch this now, it, the teaching is going to be called, I'm going to answer the question, why some people are hard to move away from sexual challenges? You heard me say it right. And I'm going to talk about a story that I have always been fascinated about, but I've never really probed. Good people who are trying to build a future live in this area of of intimate challenge, sexual challenge. I did a series once called Bedroom Blindness. Everybody remember that? Say amen. And I'm going to spend four weeks talking to you about why I think that's true. Why I think people have trouble getting past this area of their life. And, and how I believe in this story I'm going to share with you, uh, this particular person modeled for us a way that, um, the way that God leads you to freedom. And so that'll be this Wednesday night. So if you want to see it, just go dial in on Wednesday night, click in, and it will be posted. We're going to post it around about, normally around 7 p.m. What time do we say? 7 so you can click in at 7 p.m. and you'll see this new series. And I'm going to do one for married people the same way. I'm going to do one for single people. How many single people do we have? 
You don't know anymore? Raise your hand, please. Okay. And there's things that I want to say, and I found it to be an incredible medium to just say, you know what, for th- and it's only 30 minutes, so it's not a long time. So you just click in, hear what I got to say, and, check, and click out, and if you like it, send it to a friend. So you need to hear this. And so it's going to be great. So everybody say amen if you're there. Amen. Let's get on with it. Today, I want to review the first seven months of our teaching time. Now, this is important because most of the time when the preacher preaches, if you, you forget the next week. And what I've done is I've taken seven topics from the beginning of the year, and from January through July, that is seven months, right? Each month, I answered the question I started with at the beginning of the year. The question was, how do you build a future? Can you say that with me, please? Come on. That is the question. That's why you send your kids to school. That's what you work for. You're trying to build something in your future. The first thing I told you in the month of January was you have to change the way you think. You have to build a new mind. You have to come at life differently and think differently. And listen to me, if you can't do that, you will never have a change. Everything will be the same. And so if you're new to sermon notes, you'll see. I just wrote there, number one, build a new mind. What did it say? To build a new future, you must build what? A new mind, a new way of thinking. Second thing I said is you have to not only build a new way of thinking, you have to build a new approach. If you don't change your approach to the way you live, if you don't change your approach to the way you interact with people, if you don't change your approach, you're not going to have the future you want. You have to change. Thirdly, I said you have to not only build with a new mind, a new way of thinking, a new approach, you have to build with new convictions, and they have to be clear. These are things I do, and these are things I don't do. These are the people I hang with, and these are the people I don't hang with. If I understand that this is clearly not good for me, I now have some clear convictions about that. I understand as a pastor how healthy it is for us to not weigh ourselves down with a a lot of unnecessary debt. I have so many friends that I know who've lost their churches. They've lost their churches. They've lost their, when I say lost their churches, I mean when I say they lost everything. The building, the the equipment, uh, the staff, everything. And, and, And part of this is because they didn't have clear convictions about finances. They allowed themselves to get to a place where they're upside down, they spent more than they took in, and it wasn't a clear conviction. Fourthly, I said to you, you must have passion. If you're going to build a future, you must build it with passion. Can you say the word passion? Passion. And I talked about grit, and there's a book. I wish I had told my staff to do this for me. And would you guys, I don't know if it's possible or not, but there's rickytemple.com. Would you write this down, please? Come on rickytemple.com. Team, I want to show them this, and I I just didn't think to tell you beforehand, but rickytemple, R-I-C-K-Y, temple.com. If you click into that website, uh, that's my dump site. It's the place I put all my stuff, so I don't have to clog up the church's website, but I got a whole bunch of stuff that I put there. And if you click on rickytemple.com, it's really cool, and you click on video and sermons. When you click into video and sermons, it lists all the sermons from 2014 15, 16, 17. It's so cool. And then when you click into one of those sermons, let's say you clicked into 2017, it would list all of the sermons for the year. It's cool. You click into one of the sermons, and you can go and listen to all I said about passion. All you do is go down to the month of April, click into passion. That's, that's the fourth one on the list, right? Click into passion. When you click into that it would, it would leave you all the sermons, the sermon notes, 
the audio, the video, everybody say, that's real cool. Come on. It is. It's amazing. And so I want you to do that. Then if you really are a nosy person, now you may not be, but if you're a really nosy person, when you click on resources on the same page, you see the first thing on the list is read with the pastor. Those are the current books I'm reading. Then if you want to be nosy, you click in and you can see when you cl- they have the books I'm reading and a video clip that summarizes the book if you don't want to read it. That is amazing. Come on, come on, say amen now. If you go back to resources and go down, you can click into articles. Everybody say articles. That's what I'm reading. And it's alphabetized. So you can see what I think about abortion. You can see what I think about crime. You can see it's stuff I'm reading. Now, it's not all my opinions, but if you want to say, what is he reading about? You can go to articles and see. And I just uploaded a bunch of them. I sometimes upload 10 or 12 a month. New articles I'm reading, if I think it's really cool, stats about churches, things about leadership, all that's there. So all that stuff is there plus more. Then there's another page that says on the road with the pastor, sermons I preached out of town. Did you like the sermon I preached a few weeks ago? Yes. Did you really like it? Come on, did you? Yeah. You want to know where I was? On the boat. Hanging with my girl. Is that a good idea? So I took you on the road with me while I went on the road myself. <laughs> so anyway, but, but when, when I showed you the series on passion, I talked about the fact that you have to, if you're going to be a person who builds the future, you have to have the ability to stay in there and not quit. It's, it's, it's about being the kind of person who's tough enough to fight through. It's, it's about perseverance. It's about being the person who doesn't quit. The, the real problem with a lot of people in trying to build a future is they quit too fast. They give up on themselves. So we talked about building a new mind, building a new approach, living with clear convictions, having passion. Then we talked about uh, number five, you have to be disciplined. If you are not a person who is willing to deny yourself, nobody can help you build the future you want. And, and this is so important for Ricky Temple to get. Nobody can help me if I'm not willing to deny me. And sometimes that's sleep, like this morning. Get up. Go to church, preacher man. You can't sleep in today. There are moments when you have to say no. And I want to say this to you. You're praying for things that will, listen to me carefully, never have. Because you don't have the grit. You're not willing to persevere and press through a difficult moment of saying no. You're not willing to deny yourself. So here's what's going to happen. I want you to hear this. I love you, but I want you to hear this. You will never have what you dream. You will never, you will never get there. Your marriage will never be better. It will never be better. You, you will, nothing will change. You will always live financially on the edge of chaos. You will always need to borrow and borrow, and you're, you're never going to be free, ever. You're going to be praying for gas money to go to church forever. That's your future, unless you decide to think differently. Unless you're willing to approach life differently, unless you're willing to have some clear convictions, unless you're willing to have some passion, unless you're willing to persevere and push past some things and be disciplined. If you're not willing to do those things, please just accept this. This is my life. And that's not God's issue. It's not God's fault. It's not your pastor's fault. It's not, it's not, I tell people, don't blame me for your results. I, I can't be responsible. You can't blame your parents. Your dad. My mama should have been there. My daddy wasn't there. Okay, now how old are you? How long has this been? You can't keep blaming your father. And then I said to you, this is really tough. 
In this series I talked about, you must deal with the truth. You, you got to know what's true and not true. You got to be willing to say this is true and this is not. If you can't put the truth on the table and admit where you're wrong, admit where your issues are, then you're not fair. Okay, so you're, you're mad with your parents. Your room's a mess. You don't do your homework, right? You're living for free, right? You're eating for free. You don't pay any bills, and you got a bad attitude. Help me understand why they should feed you. What law says after 18 they have to feed you? They can say happy trails, sing the song. Maybe you don't know that song. Happy trails to you until we meet again. That's, that's a cowboy song. Happy trails to you, 18 and know everything. I see you outside while you eat the grass. I don't know. It's, it's but I mean, that's, that's terrible. Okay, it's terrible. That's terrible. It's awful. Don't do that. But I'm just making a point. Sometimes you're not smart in the way you respond because you, you should know. That's, this isn't smart. These people are feeding me. This will never ever happen again. If that's the truth, everybody say amen. amen. Listen to me. Listen to someone who's 59. This will never, ever happen again. Nobody will ever let you stay with them for free. You will never drive somebody's car because you asked for it. If you don't believe it, look around you, somebody, you see, look around, you find somebody you don't know. Look around you, come on, look around, you see, you see anybody you know? Say, loan me your car, ask them, come on, say, loan me your car. What'd they tell you? They tell you, they, anybody give you a key? Okay, okay, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch Time out, time out, time out. Okay, watch this. How many want to go on a vacation? Raise your hand. Okay, watch this, put your hands down. Find somebody else you don't know. <laughs> Look around. You get somebody. You, you see him. Say, "Can I go on vacation with you?" Ask him. Say, "Can I go? <laughs> Can I go on vacation?" Ask him. They in church. They should be godly. These are godly people. You're around Christians, right? They, they love Jesus, but they're not taking you on vacation. They're not loaning you their car. Get the message. This is the only time in your life that somebody will actually do this for you. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean that, wow, I want to say something, but I don't want to take it wrong. Because I don't, I don't want to, when I say this, I don't want you to, to think I'm trying to somehow belittle a population of people who are going through a hard time. I'm not. But I know there's at least one person who's homeless that this applies to. I'm not saying everybody. Some people have a horrible story. They were abused, unfairly treated. But let's assume there's one homeless person who did not make this connection. They assumed that somebody would let them stay someplace for free. They assumed that they could be late on their rent and nobody would care. They assumed that they didn't have to, they assumed they didn't have to work. And so one day, the sheriff, and they're in here right now. These sheriffs are in here right now. We love you guys and gals. They, and they're good people. They just have to put you out because you didn't pay. And so you're shocked and you're crying and you're stunned. But here, here's the message. I told you, this is the only time in your life when you're young that somebody's going to pay for you like this. That's why you have to get it. And if you're really observant, women catch the brunt of it. Men have their own journey. But ladies with kids, you really catch it. That's why you can't fall in love and be crazy. 
You have to understand that nine months later, it's you. It's not him, it's you most of the time. I saw the mothers coming here to get uniforms the other day. Oh, my heart was touched. I was raised by a single parent. My heart was touched because not most of them, they're at the end of a sad love story. They're at the end of a sad love story. And, and a lot of times young girls don't see on the front end what the back end looks like. Your looks are not enough. Let me help you. Let me give you a big statement. You take this, write it down. Sexual intimacy is not enough to keep somebody in your life. That's not enough. I wish it was. But that, that's easy. Now, I'm not going to say it like that again. I'm going to code it this time. I'm going to call it going to the gym. So it's a little bit better. But going to the gym all the time ain't going to make your life better all the time. I'm telling you. You can go exercise all you want, but it ain't going to make everything perfect. And it will not make somebody stay with you. Because a lot of people go to the gym one time. After that, they don't want to see you again. See? And it's because that's not what life, it, God never intended for that to be all you define life by. And that's the truth. Come on, people. That's the truth. And if you're going to build a future, you got to know the truth. And you need somebody to look at you and say, listen, darling, you can put on the tightest thing you can. I'm always amazed. It's cold outside. It's freezing. And you got all your stuff on display. And he got a coat on and a hat and gloves and everything. And you're the only one out there switching around with nothing on. Tell him to get naked and let you walk with your clothes on. Why are you? Come on, talk to me. You hear what I'm saying to you? Come on, say the truth. That's the truth. Then last month, we talked about beliefs. And I spent the whole month, the power of what you believe. And you saw the guy's hands up in in the air because there's power in what you believe. And I want to say, if you understand that, it changes everything. Now, that's seven months of sermons. That's it. You can't say you don't know what I talked about. And you can't say I didn't try to organize it for you. I tried to give you something to think about. And I'm telling you, keep these notes. Don't throw these away. Don't put them under the car seat. Put this out someplace and say, this is what we're talking about. This is what God's been speaking to me. And if I missed any sermons, you go to rickytemple.com, click on 2017, right? And you can go pick up any of these sermon series and watch them for how much? I didn't hear you say it. For how much? For free. Now, when we started this series, I showed you two things. I showed you the role you play and the role God plays in building your future. There's a role you play and the role God plays. You have to understand where your responsibility begins and God's ends. There's a role you play. There are three myths that I also talk to you about that can hinder you from building your future. So let me first talk about God's role in your life. And this is from December the 11th. I put the date, I gave you the sermon. I put the date on for you. You can go look at it. You can go listen to the same sermon. You just go to rickytemple.com, click on 2016, December the 11th, and you can listen to the whole sermon. You can't say I didn't tell you. Come on, say amen. amen. Here's what I told you. I asked you this question. How much of, of my life outcome is because of God and how much is because of me? How much of this is about God and how much is this, is this about me? And then I, I, I said this, Psalms 127. There is a part God plays in building your future. Here's what it says, Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who, who do what? Build it. 
Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. God, God does commit to helping me build my life. Jesus said it this way in John 15. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. There is a role that God plays. But beyond that, there is a role that you play. And Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 9 says it. This is a scary verse. Here's why it's scary. Because if this verse is true, you understand a lot of your confusion. If, you, if this verse is true, it answers almost all of your questions about why you're where you are in life. Here's what it says. He says, do not be deceived, Galatians 6 and 7. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Which implies that if I look at my life and I see certain results, I planted this. I was a part of this death. I was a part of this history. I was a part of this record. I was a part of it. And if I can understand that it, and, and be fair, that that's the part I play. There's a part God plays. There's a part that I play. And then I want you to listen to this now. John 14, 16. Here's where God comes together with you and he says this. But I, he said, but I'll help you. John 14, 16 says, I will pray the Father and he will give you what? Another helper that he may abide with you forever. In other words, I'm going to send you a helper, someone to help you with your life. Even if you mess it up, I come to comfort you and help you. So God does see a responsibility to help us. But here's the problem. We believe these myths. And there are three myths that people commonly believe about their life that lead them to places that are unfortunate. Number one, they believe that my future is based on luck. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says in Psalm 27, 23, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Basically. That there's something about a person's life. Luck, a guy named Seneca, Seneca said, and this is a secular guy. He said, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Now, he, wasn't a, he was a guy with a lot of issues in his life, but his statement was profound. There's something about, for you, if you get this idea that your steps, your life requires you to make some effort. Luck is, your life is not based on luck. Third, secondly, the myth is that you believe that my future cannot be changed. What it's meant to be will be. Well, Jonah chapter 3, verse 10 proved that's not true. God punished, um, pronounced a judgment on, on them, but they repented. And I know I, I put in parentheses for you, God relented or, from the disaster he planned for them. What was going to happen to them changed. Listen, you could be on the wrong road right now, but God will turn everything around. Every single thing can turn around. You can go from an F student to an A student. You can go from broke to having money. You can go from being sick to being well. God can change your outcome. Come on, say amen, church. Yes, he can. The third myth that people believe that is that my future is tied to God's will, not my effort or abilities. We put it all on God. If it's God's will. No, it's not about God's will. There are a lot of people that are dead and it wasn't God's will. Because here's, here's what's important. I love these verses. And especially the one in Matthew chapter 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be and, and it will be open to you. That there's something profound about understanding that you, you have a role you play. You have a role that you play. God gives you talents. God gives you abilities. Matthew 25 talks about this. And everybody has different skill levels. But I believe that you have the power to simply say, I want something different. Can you say that with me, please? Come on. Say it again. Come on. 
But here's the key. If you want something different, you've got to seek it. You've got to have the courage to ask. And you have to be willing to not. Those three, those three things can rob you if you're not careful. If you're not willing to make that effort. Now, for the rest of the year, I, I plan, as I said, to take you on another journey. I plan, I plan to, to buckle us up and take us down the road. And we're going to look at three basic things in the next year. Next, in, in four things, rather. Next month, I'm going to talk about, sorry, next week, how hard it is for God to make any of this happen in people's lives. I want, I want to talk about how inflexible we are. You are not flexible. So I want to just say this to you. I want you to lovingly hear this. Because of that, people give up and they stop trying to help you. So here's what I want you to think about. How hard is it to move you? How hard are you to move? Are you such a mountain climb, people spend all this time talking to you, but it's very difficult for them. You make it hard, and they just really just have to say, I just can't move you. That's a hard reality. When you're raising children, when you got employees, that you have to go because I just can't get you to come on time. We open at 9, you want to come at 10. That's not going to work. And so it's hard to move you and get you to be consistent. Then the next month I plan to talk about this. I believe that one of the problems a lot of people is they're not repentant. And the word repentance is from a Greek word metanoia, which means metanoia means to have a change of mind. You have to have a repentant heart if you're going to build a future. You have to know how to say, I am wrong. I'm wrong. And I'm, I, I have been wrong. And I'm not just going to say that because, see, there's a difference. If I just say I'm wrong, right, and, 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 and that means I'm, it's kind of like what Judas did. When Judas saw them carry Jesus off after betraying him, he felt bad about it because he, he didn't dislike Jesus. He just wanted the money. You know what I'm saying? And so he felt, he felt sorrow, but it wasn't repentance. There's a difference between feeling sorry and repenting. Repentance means I'm standing on your foot. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I get off your foot. If you don't change, you're not repentant. And I'm going to do a whole series on this whole idea of being repentant and how it works. And then the next month I'm going to talk about how you have to be, this is going to be so important, honest about your issues. Can you say that with me, please? Come on. Honest about your issues. Here's what I, here's what I know is true. There are certain things that are issues for you and for me. Here's the difference between us. If we're whether you or I will face those issues. I don't drink because I'll like it. I know my personality, and I, I would become a wine bibber. My family's history says that. My family's history says you don't need to take anything, smoke anything, breathe in anything, because you're going to be smoking and breathing all the time. And you'll know something wrong when I get a different pulpit and when I take a break. Yeah, God is good, ain't he? Hold on for a second. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I feel the spirit. Don't you? <laughs> Why are you always whistling that glass? Start glowing after a few drinks. <laughs> Come on, lift your hand with me, please. Come on. Say, I must, I must tell, the tell the truth 
about my issues. And you got to be honest about it, man. You got to be honest. It's called holy living. And then at the end of the year, I have a goal. I want to talk about a bigger, better vision for your life. That God has a bigger, better vision for your life. How much do you believe is possible in your future? You know, I'll say this and I'm done for the day. The older you get, the less you start believing in your future. You always, I, I have a habit. I rarely ever talk about what I used to do. I always talk about what I'm going to do. What I'm doing and what I'm going to do. I, I am tempted as I get older to somehow believe that it's over. It shocks people when I say I'm going to be a pastor in another 15 years or so. And, and I'll, I'll start thinking about it in 10 years and see where I am in 10, 15 years. I'll be close to this whatever age. And, and that's not, what, that 69, 70, 75? I'll be, but I'm, I plan to be healthy. I plan to exercise. I plan to keep running. I plan to keep on trying. Come on, say amen. I plan. I, I, come on, say amen. Come on, I plan to. And it shocks people. It shocks people because they think when you get 65, who put that number in our head? 65, that somehow all of life ends. Your life is not over. You still can build a future. You still have time on the clock by God's grace. And so, Father, I speak today to your people's life, and I declare in Jesus' name that their lives will not end today, that this review will be simply a reminder of where we've been and a declaration of where we're going. I speak God's word over your people. I speak God's word over their life. I declare in Jesus' name that they will rise today to see the future with confidence. I declare in Jesus' name that no weapon formed against them will prosper. I declare in Jesus' name that this is a season of renewal for us as a church. We're going to build a future with confidence. This pastor is going to build a future with confidence. And we're going to see God's hand guide us to a new place. We're going to have more digital outreach. We're going to reach more people. We're going to find new ways, new creative ways. We're going to see a, a surge of young people. Workers, professionals, people of all ages, ethnicities. We, we welcome them all and we pray, Jesus. People with issues will come to us and we will have answers. You will give us answers in you to help those people. And we believe we're going to make a difference. Not just look like we're a church. We're going to be a real church that really makes a difference. And so I declare it in Jesus' name. Now, with every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, after hearing the message, I hear you. I've got issues. I need to give Jesus my life. That's a good start. I need to be repentant today. Not just say, I'm sorry, but change my mind. You made me change my mind today. I heard the message, and I want to change the way I approach life. I want to change the way I think. I have some clear convictions after hearing this message that I really need to let the Holy Spirit work in my life and give me a new place. I got the truth today, and I, I'm clear. And so I, I simply want you to pray for me. I'm not going to call you up. I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you, but with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you desire a change of your life, if you desire to give Jesus your life today, you have to do simply one thing. Raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. Say, pray for me, Pastor. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Anybody else? I see the both of you back there. Anybody else? I see you two, you three, you four, you five. I see you in Jesus' name. I see your hand as well. Anybody else? Anybody else? Do I see you? I want to see who I'm praying for. I want to see you. God bless you. And many of you are home. I see you back there in the back. I pray, God, in Jesus' name for those who are watching from home as well. May the Spirit of the living God bring healing, bring blessing, bring strength, bring healing to them. May this be the moment they say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for people who've raised their hearts today to say, I want to change the direction of my life. I want to build a future with God's presence in my life. And so, God, I lift these people up to you, declaring in Jesus' name that this will be the beginning of a new day. 
This will be the beginning of a new life. And I give you all the praise and all the glory for them in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Come on, did you enjoy today? Did it help you today? Praise God.